Oh, okay. Are we recording? We're on? Yeah. Okay. So, real quick. You know, somebody, a listener, somebody, said, somebody suggested that I challenged Kevin Samuels to a boxing match. Cause I was talking all that shit, you know. I was like, I was like, for all the for all the people challenging people to boxing matches and these celebrity boxing matches, and has the new verses. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody called Kevin Samuels up to square up. And it was like, I think, I think you're enough of a personality that you should challenge Kevin Samuels to a boxing match. Guess what, guys? Not gonna happen. <laughs> Not gonna happen because I have more. I'm on the way up. I have more to lose. Yeah. This nigga this nigga is an image consultant in like Atlanta somewhere where all you have to do is have a three piece suit on and your Farnsworth Bentley or whatever. And so he's making money. I am unemployed doing this podcast. If I lose, then I'm the nigga that lost to well dressed Squidward. Yeah. That nigga look like Squidward, I swear he do. Uh no, I ain't doing that. Fuck all that. I just wanna let y'all know. The following content will be followed by a test that equals 30% of your final grade. Start the show. Yeah, man. So pay attention. We're giving you the test here. We're giving you the test. Giving you the test. You know, there's no. I mean, I, I remember summer school, back in high school. I it was a, it was this cool ass math teacher, Mr. Fuentes. Uh, he wanted you to know how cool he was because he was a Biggie fan. That was the first. That was the first extra credit he gave us. He said, "Raise your hands." He told us all about himself, and they said, "Raise your hands if you're a, if you're a Tupac fan." Now, raise your hands if you're a Biggie fan. And he said, "All the Biggie fans immediately get an A for the day." How did you dumbasses not realize that the answer was going to be Biggie? I told y'all I'm from New York. <laughs> the, the only cool dude to ever come out of Lamar High School. What? Hold up, man. I went to Bel Air. He came from Lamar to 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 teach summer school. Uh, he was mad cool. I'm also from Lamar High School. I didn't. Okay, in, in, in I case, know, okay. Case, maybe I forgot that. Yeah, you, you forgot that. I just you know you out here. I just assumed you was one of Willow Ridge's finest. No, no, sir, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shut up, Fort Bend. No, sir. <laughs> oh Come man, on, the man. way he scoffed. Yes, you know he went to school in River Oaks. Peasants. <laughs> My school had windows. Sir. <laughs> I'll have you know. Uh, Niggas plus information plus alcohol <laughs> equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the week of foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. And I'm way too proud to go to a school named after a guy whose claim to fame was like murdering millions of Native Americans. Um so yeah, I I, I, I take off that No, one. no, I'm not gonna let you I'm not gonna let you get away with that one. Cause your mascot was the Redskins. Was, sir. <laughs> Now, the mascot is a very nondescript Texan. <laughs> oh, shit. Sir. Uh, uh, we have we have jello shots here. Oh, yeah. Because. We're, yeah, we got to do this. I've never had a green one. Decisions. 
Begin with shots. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how you, that's how you start off. And Shit. now we can begin. Damn. Oh. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, did you did, you know we didn't talk about that. Did you did you see that? Of course I did. D'Angelo and friends. <laughs> D'Angelo and friend. And a, and a, right. <laughs> um, they, when they say you can count your friends on one hand, they meant this show. He was not fucking around. Which was, was originally supposed to be Maxwell, Maxwell versus, I guess, versus yeah. D'Angelo. Um, I will say a lot of people complain about it and complain about the uh, the format and all that. Two things, and this is not where we're starting. Uh, two things. One. Versus is a brand now that I think we talked about this a long time ago that we knew was going to evolve mm-hmm. past uh, just doing we you play your songs I play my songs and I think it's a brand enough to where a brand uh, you can put on a concert with an artist and say brought to you by Versus correct and you and it can be co- totally fine to put on, and D'Angelo is such a rarity now. Look, y'all better be glad he only he only tours once every ten or twelve years. I was gonna say what 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 is when is Haley's comet? What is that? When you know is what I'm when does that occur? Whenever that occurs, that's when D'Angelo shows up in a in a big ass fur and a pimp hat. Be glad you got this for free. <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, that her and the and the her shit was lit. We need to see it. The yeah, and the and and the, the her appearance was pretty lit. Her is brilliant. Yeah, I just. In case that has not been made apparent enough, her is brilliant. Um, she was definitely, she was definitely putting it out there for D'Angelo too. I would say, D'Angelo definitely questioned whether or not he could fuck. I saw the look on his face. He was definitely questioning whether or not um, they, she was enough of a fan that he could he could go ahead and be in and out. I'm convinced of it. I know that look. Um, man, it is episode 127? 128. 128? God damn! Let's go! Getting old. Okay. Yeah, we are. Let me, change, let me change this. I don't know why I had 27 <laughs> now. Uh, how was your week, sir? Better than the week before. There uh, you go. Greg Abbott is still a hoe. Yeah, he is. And, um, you know, you know I, all that talk about ableism went out the window. They, they really on Twitter calling that man Hot Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> God damn. Like his old teen turbo looking ass. Like, nah, fuck him. Lala, Lala from Play No Games called him Wheelchair Jimmy. Damn. Damn, man. He's just, you know, he just opened up a whole can of worms with that dumb shit. And we're going to talk about that, actually. Oh, we are? Okay. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, I'll hold yeah. off. We're, we're, we're going to get that in, the, in a couple of segments down the road. Um, it's never the terrible people that fall down the stairs by accident. No. I tell you. No. Um, or on purpose. Or on purpose. Um, we'll take either one. My week was all right. You know, um, got back to writing. I had to shake off the anxiety, that the, the residual anxiety from Snowmageddon. Yeah. Uh, so I'm writing again. Um, my reviews on 
oh, what I write about? Uh, the the Hellions book and America Chavez can both be found on BlackNerdProblems.com. Um, I'll have a I'll have an editorial up probably by the end of the week. Um, other than that, it was mostly chill. Um, just kind of chilling in between the writing. Um, caught the uh, it was big UFC night last night. Caught that uh, three title three title belts. Uh, Amanda Nunez is still the god. Um, she just has to go up a class. They, uh, she's clean. She's clean the whole division out. There's no one left. I mean, there's no and and the only and the person, she, the, the Megan Anderson was the only person that had a fighting chance, and she waxed that woman by a mile in the first round. Well, damn. Um, uh, when we talk about when we talk about uh, goat athletes, Amanda Nunez has to come up before Tom Brady does. I'm si- one because I'm sick of the Tom Brady talk. Okay, that's deep. I'm sick of the Tom Brady talk, but Amanda Nunez has to come up before she hold. She held like two different belts. She held two different belts. She won forty five fucking fucking uh, fights. All hands. All hands, man. Yeah. Now the st- the style bender lost. The legendary the, the Israel Asanya he lost. Mm-hmm. Adesanya, yeah, he uh, he because he just went up a class. He he finally went in the um, light heavyweight, and that was a big motherfucker he was fighting. So he had to chop that tree down. Yeah, and that's a, he got him when he when he ground and pounded because that's a big motherfucker to have on you. But come, everybody kind of commended him because that's you know that's what, that's what you got to do after a while. I mean, you got you got to go up a class. I remember even way back in the day in boxing when when people were telling Roy Jones, "All right, man, you know, you yeah, you talking all this shit about pound for pound, and you're in the light heavyweight, right? Go in at a you know a few extra pounds, step them to that heavyweight. I admire that, man. You got to challenge yourself. Yeah, you have to challenge yourself. You have to push yourself. Um, if you ever want to get to that next level, and it's very inspiring and. Uh, I can go ahead and say it on on air that it has inspired me. I feel like in year in in this year in 2021 is going to be us taking the podcast uh, to a new level. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. It's going to come true. New level. New level. You heard it. Um, you watch that one division finale. We'll get into that. Oh, we are okay. We'll get into that. I, I I left it off the list, but we'll get into that. Okay. Um, want to start off giving flowers, uh, to a doctoral student from Clemson. This is actually from a few years ago. Um, but I thought this was so cool. Um, a guy named A. D. Carson. Uh, he's a he's a he's a poet. He's an activist. Um, as many as many of those people in those lanes tell you, they are. <laughs> um, you but were a poet once, huh? So are you an activist as well? I was indeed a poet. I I have indeed laid claim to being an activist. Um, I can't get jiggy with the new generation. <laughs> I can't. I, I there's a lot of reasons, and I won't go into them on this program. Uh, but. This is a PhD. This is a PhD candidate from Clemson, who, uh, for his dissertation, made a rap album. Oh, 
Uh, the rap album. The album is called "Owning My Masters: The Rhetorics and Rhymes of uh, The Rhetorics of Rhymes and Revolution." Um, and uh, according, and this is according to Clemson News, um, uh, used hip hop to explore such ideas as identity, justice, economics, citizenship, and language. The songs have garnered tens of thousands of views on YouTube, more than fifty thousand streams and downloads on SoundCloud, hundreds of thousands of hits on Facebook. Um, and all before he defended all the, before he defended his dissertation, and this was not the first time he had done this that he had used rap music um, uh, in a scholastic area. Um, I think this is awesome, and yes, this is old, but uh, I think this is awesome because um, we are in the past few years we are marketable now. So we in 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 mainstream spaces we are considered marketable, and as we are considered marketable, uh, we have to use our skill we have to use our skill sets everywhere we can, and the fact that he took collegiate scholastic ideas and flipped that, um, this is 2017. So I guess this is in the era. I would say this is in the era of uh, no, this is after Pimple Butterfly. Yeah, I guess this is around that time. 2017? Close enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pimp Butterfly. I'd throw... Uh, I'd throw whatever album J. Cole had out at the time in there. Um, but can I get jiggy with that shit? I did take a quick little little drop to, the, to a little something-something. You know, he got some... You know, he, yeah, with it, you know. he got a little something. I, I see he got the cheat code. You know, I... I've done projects. I've done albums. You know, he's a he, he's a, he's clearly a boom bap disciple. You know, I you know I wish I could have known that back <laughs> in college. I mean, yeah. you know, but it doesn't it, it it paid off for you in the long run. Sure, as you are a member of the legendary chaotic. I am, and I'm, and I filed my taxes this year, and that that four dollars and seventy eight cents in royalties that I got last year. Um. Reminded me of that. Hey. Uh, no, but no, but actually, shout out to him for doing that. My actually, my rap partner, Big Mun, Mike, aka Big Mun. Okay. Um, he is also in the. Uh, he's an educator, and one of the things that he's been working on really for like the last five or six years is introducing or, or utilizing music as an instructional tool, uh, because kids tend to identify with music and music trends and, and we see that music is prevalent in all, every facet of their lives. Correct. Especially in social media. Correct. So he's actually been working on something to and he's actually used it in his own classroom. He's used his own our own music mm-hmm. uh, as part of the curriculum to help get kids interested in learning. So it's hey, it's out there. I mean, it, it's definitely something that um, resonates with students especially. Um, it is something that I, I hope that he successfully defended his dissertation. Yeah. Um, because hip-hop, you know, hip-hop is, hip you know, rap is something you do. Hip-hop is something you live. Backpack, backpack. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, you know, we, and, and it goes back to what we're saying. Um, we are the culture. We yeah. are the culture. We, we are. We dictate the direction in which the culture moves, um, in terms of language, in terms of clothing, 
um, we are present everywhere. Get your I am the culture t-shirts at um get your get your merch. <laughs> yep. Get your merch at opinionswhileblack.threadless.com uh or just visit the new and improved opinionswhileblack.com. Mm-hmm. Uh get your merch uh and uh find ways to listen to us and find out more uh, more information about the Lee Sober team in podcasting. Um coming out of that plug uh, humans, this week's humans ain't shit. Um, I so this week's humans ain't shit. I wanted to touch on um a, a discussion I was having on on and off of social media. Actually, um, this comes from a few places that inspired this. One, um, while out the the white people that I was snowed in with during Snowmageddon. Um, the husband, who is in his own way more worldly and can cook his ass off, um, we were talking about food, and you know one of the things that one of the things I learned from Anthony Bourdain is that the working class dictates um, the vibes as far as the good, where the good food is in pretty much any city. In any culture, you, in in any culture you can think of, facts. And uh, through that, I thought about this this meme that was going around on social media. Basically, someone took a picture of a receipt from I guess it was a date that they had been on at some fancy restaurant where the bill came out to one hundred eighty seven dollars. This is not including the tip. This is not including the tip, so I'm going to go ahead and round that off to $200. And everybody was kind of discussing whether or not this was um, something you should be eating, or this was this was an amount you should be spending on a first date. And I posted it with the caption, if you want to understand black people in classism, post this on your social media and watch how, and watch how fast... This turns into people being called cheap. And is the God's honest truth. But that's for another discussion. Um, And just, first of all, it was so many problems. For one, man, it said like fried shrimp was $30. It said fried shrimp was like $30, $36. And Tattinger Rosé was like, $25 is some shit, which don't get me started, but the pricing on liquor in any restaurant or bar is highway robbery, but that's another discussion. What I'm getting at is all this talk about, and it was a lot of people stunting and talking about, oh, well, I spend that much on myself when I go out to eat. Oh, I spend, oh, that's just a fraction of what I can spend one night at the bar, one night at brunch. And it just brought me to what happened to the charm of going out and finding a nice, out-of-the-way, affordable, but not a dump restaurant where you can say, "Oh, I oh, I I know this place is really nice. It's a good it's a it's a reasonable price range 
And it's a fraction of what I was spending over at this other restaurant. And it just feels like the charm of that is lost. Like I was talking to my, I was talking to the guy, I was talking to the husband I told you about, and he was basically telling us about, um, I know some of you have heard of underground dinner parties. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Underground dinner parties where uh, basically somebody rents out a space or maybe it happens at their house or it's just something where you have to know. You have to be in the know. And they prepare a certain dish for everybody. There's not a menu. You're eating whatever that dish of the night is. And there's conversation over it. Coming this summer, Opinions Wild Black, underground dinner parties featuring Chef Ibersell Fallon. <laughs> Hey, hey, hit him with the air horn. <laughs> he heard it. Yeah. That's the thing. He's definitely going to hit us up about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and, and it was, you know, it didn't cost anything. Um, you'd, cert- you'd certainly be encouraged to tip uh, your host and your chef. But it was something... It was something that didn't focus a lot on class or price or where you're from. Uh, it wasn't something specifically for rich people. It wasn't specifically something for poor people or, or middle class. It was something that if you knew, you knew it. You could just come through. And I feel like some of that charm is lost. Like I'm one of those. I'm a first date dude where I don't really focus on price. If you want to go somewhere else other than what I've what I've picked out, we can do that. But I'm one of those people, you know, Texas tacos is a big thing. If I take you to my taco spot, you're going to be amazed at how good the tacos are. And lo and behold, Randall knows my spot. I will have spent maybe $40. Maybe. That's on tacos, chips and dip, uh, drink, uh, even if I get a margarita, and maybe... Spent forty dollars, and there's a spot a couple doors down where I can I can probably end up spending another forty on drinks. Yeah, and I still not breached one hundred eighty seven dollars. But the other thing is, we we gotta stop. Why do we even give a fuck what people are paying on dates? I why, I will never understand why are we even setting why are we even setting those parameters to begin with? Um, you know, are you are you going on the first date to impress someone? Um, with how much you can spend on them, or are you going on a date with the expectation that somebody displays a certain amount of uh, financial security? Because uh, I'm gonna tell you, I can spend 187 dollars. I'm just cheap. It it just I, I'm still amazed that people are still trying to police what people are paying on dates when or label them broke. Right when most of y'all are boring conversationalists anyway. <laughs> You know, hey, I'm just saying, y'all, uh, like y'all, y'all, y'all don't talk good enough. I would uh, say the conversation isn't good enough for for anybody to be really worried about uh, the venue so much as uh, what we're at the venue talking about. Right, like be there, be there to enjoy someone's company and and hopefully make a good connection with them. Um, don't again. I, I just, I just, if you're looking to stunt or be stunted on, that's a different. Yeah. That should be a different topic. And good luck to you. And right, <laughs> because um, that can only get you so far. It just feels like we've entered a a, a lane 
where we're more where it's like because again, I believe the working class and the middle class, the working class and the lower class should be dictating what the vibes are as far as where the good eateries are because otherwise we're leaving that we're leaving that to the market and that's how we end up and that's how we end up feeling forced to spend beyond our means waiting at restaurants that will not be named that are wrapped around the block in the middle of a pandemic oh yeah i passed by turkey leg hut the other day (laughs) i don't even think it was open yet people were just sitting there waiting to get in it was it was look that doesn't make any fucking sense fellas let me give y'all a secret right now when it comes to taking women out to eat if you have a choice between spending money on an expensive meal and spending money on a good meal get her good food get her good food she will she will thank you for it immensely if that $200 meal tastes like cardboard she will thank you for the evening and probably ghost you. Shout out to them true kitchen knuckleheads in Dallas. They still waiting that line. <laughs> I'm just saying, you you take a girl to a spot and and, and there's some like some good throwdown food. Even if you spent twenty five or thirty dollars on it, bet you'll remember that more than one hundred eighty seven dollars um, before tip. And the next nigga gonna thank you too, cause she gonna have the next nigga take her there. Yep. You know, Yeezy taught me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just thinking about that. I was just thinking about it, it's, it's a weird thing that it seems like it's weird that we're in a state of economic crisis. And it feels like we're letting the markets and we're letting the economy dictate where our money is best spent coming from a working class perspective, mind you. Also, as we enter into a post-COVID state, y'all think it's just better to be glad to get out the house. That too. I mean... That too. <laughs> Should not be this many people just, just, really, just really beating the block like this. I don't understand. And, you know, so it's just weird. It's, and it seems like this focus on well, I spend this much and I spend this much. It feels like we've. It's weird that in in an era where we've discovered that capitalism don't give a fuck about us, mm-hmm. and as a house of cards, and it will turn on you on a dime. It feels like we've gotten more shallow, which is amazing. More people, more people condescending to folks about traveling. Uh, you can't ever pull that shit with me. Because well, we a lot of people have become their own echo chambers. Yeah. So the thoughts in their head are now just coming out without filter and, and like this. You haven't been around anybody to tell you how stupid that shit is. Yeah. That's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. And you know we're 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 glad that that you've trusted us. Uh, to verbally slap the shit out of people. To verbally slap the shit out of people. That is hilarious. I love that. That's going. I'm. I'm updating the website. And that's that's going to be our thing. We verbally slap the shit out of you. Um, song of the week. So I was so I was going to make the song of the week. Um, the uh, the new Soul Sonic joint, the Anderson Pac and uh, Bruno Mars joint. But I have been rightfully informed. Yeah. Uh, 
I've been rightfully informed by my my partner, my teammate over here, that uh, that will probably get us fucked up on Spotify at the very least, pretty quickly. Um, and we've already we've already butted heads <laughs> with the powers that be. Yeah. Um. So that will probably you know we we and, and I do I do try to play new music, but I suspect that one is so hot. That would get us fucked up pretty fast. So we'll say it's the song of the week in spirit. It's in spirit, right? Um, we can still add it to the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the song of the week, in 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 recognition of that, the the song of the week is by Sid from the Internet. It's called "Missing Out." Is a bop mm. as most Sid slash Internet joints slash Steve Lacey joints tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and get comfortable. Pour yourself something. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this one. And we will be back with more opinions <laughs> while black. Let's go. You'll be mine, mine, mine 
That was a nice little like eight bit type of type yeah. of situation. Man, I, like, I like I like the texture of that one. I man, I'm telling you, Sid come come through with the slow joints. Let me tell you something. Again, I repeat, studs always have the juice. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> Y'all can't tell me that Sid either. And the ones that always come to mind for me that Sid. Lena Waith got some got somebody they holding somebody's back pocket. I always tell that story about how, how how I just said hi to a chick and her her woman grabbed her by her back pocket and pulled her over to her as if I was trying as if I was trying to make a move. I was just speaking to this young lady. I don't want a problem. Somebody spent one hundred eighty seven dollars on that. <laughs> Oh man! You know, I I, I do have I, one thing just came to mind. Shout out to everyone who listens to our podcast close enough to hear like the actual sounds of us pouring liquor. Yeah. Um, just want you to know that yes, we do all of our own sound effects. Um, what you hear is actual liquor being poured. Actual liquor being poured and consumed and over to, that ice. And to those of you who noticed last week, that is also us crunching our ice. We, <laughs> we apologize for that as well. Sorry about that. As well as breathing into the mic. So we, uh, But the pouring sounds will continue. Oh, the pouring sounds will absolutely continue we, we just because the pouring will continue. Yeah, we would just want y'all to know that shit is real. We do our own stunts. 100%. Um... Uh, speaking of speaking of new music, uh, in case in, in case it wasn't clear, we are all about the, the the song of the week in spirit. The only song that anyone should be talking about this week is the 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 combined forces of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac. I think Boosie Collins is working on this album, mm. uh, and I think they're working with the Free Nationals. Um, to form the supergroup Soul Sonic, uh-huh. and they have released their first single, "Leave the Door Open." I'm gonna leave the door open. Oh man! Yeah. Let me tell you something. That level of funk, the amount of cocaine, man, that you don't get that funky without cocaine. <laughs> you just don't. When you're invoking that era of music. Yeah, you don't get that funky without cocaine. Nah, period. You, you walk in the door with it, already zooted. One hundred percent. Kevin Spacey and Baby Driver will refer to it as a nasal problem. 
Um, that shit, that shit went live. That's like when I tell you, I have a few. I have a small amount of friends that when a new when a new joint comes out, or when I hear something that I've never heard before that I would like to introduce someone else to, they will they will get it in the text message. And I had a friend of mine say, if the whole album sounds like this, there will be a lot of children being conceived well it's funny you should say that this is kind of an an aside um you know with the last major pandemic from about a century ago in 20 i mean in 1917 18 19 whenever it was Mm -hmm. that paved the way for the roaring 20s which was um a decade of opulence um, a lot of baby making tis true and I think we may be on the precipice of the same thing. So, um, we are in the twenties now. They're about to be the roaring twenties. Good music is good music is coming out. Uh, everybody that you know is about to hit the road and do shows again because they were broke for the last year. Yeah, man. And a lot of uh, a lot of procreation will take place. Guaranteed. Um, a lot of probably, um, um, you know, error in judgment, procreation. We'll say, let the right artists get out here and start touring. Yeah, let 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 Ari Lennox get back out here. It'll be everybody. I'm telling you, it'll be everybody. Ari Lennox gonna get back out here because I'm telling you, if ever, just just feeling the vibes out of who fucks with certain music, there are certain places to meet the right woman. I'm. It's gonna be at the Ari Lennox show. It's gonna be at the Ari Lennox show. It's gonna be at the and, and when Horrible Decision starts uh starts touring again, it will definitely be that. It will not be at the Janae Aiko or Danny Lay show. <laughs> Just letting y'all know right now. It's gonna be a I'm telling you, it's gonna be a bunch of pissed off mixed women. I'm just I I'm I'm, I'm mm. just telling you what the what the vibes are. Mm. Um, he said it. I didn't <laughs> But he's right. Just letting you know. Um, what else we got for new music? Oh, Drake Watch. Yeah. So you know we all you know that's our that's our thing a new new episode of Drake Watch where we talk about what Six God's doing, who Six God's doing it with, and whether or not there are coded messages messages to Rihanna in it. Um, Drake did not drop Certified Lover Boy. Uh, what he did in fact drop was a three pack EP. Uh, was it scary? Scary nights. Scary hours. Scary two. hours too. Yes. Um, not bad. Not bad. It was what it was. I mean, we did say two weeks ago that he was probably about to drop something because we got hit with the. Uh, we def- we definitely got hit by Spotify with yeah. the whatever uh, we put up there. I don't even with remember. the cease and desist little warning. You know, um, it was you know little three piece uh, just to let y'all know that he's still rapping because Certified Lover Boy is probably just going to be a bunch of a. Uh, Simping, <laughs> right. as they like to say. Um, I like. I, you know, everybody's talking about the lemon pepper freestyle. I like it. I enjoyed it. That was my. That was the highlight for me. The lemon pepper joint. Um, Rick Ross made exactly the amount of appearance <laughs> Rick Ross should ever make on music. He got in and he got out. That is correct. And Drake did four minutes of talking shit. And what basically what Drake what. What Hove did on Pound Cake was basically what Drake did on Lemon Pepper. 
can see that. Next to uh, Rick Ross. Rosé. Um, this was probably the only way you could get me to voluntarily listen to Lil Baby. <laughs> and I did not dislike what I heard. I'm telling you, I'm getting, I'm more and more as I do songs of the week and I introduce people to my playlist, I'm getting known for being that dude that can find a good song from any bullshit artist. Because my homegirl was like, how the fuck did you come across a g Easy song? I'm, I'm still wondering that. <laughs> I'm just, I don't have I don't have the open mind to even look for anything G E Z. Well, it was more that I it came up in the in the algorithms because it was a because it was a Chris feature. My algorithms know my heart. <laughs> That's why you don't see any Wiley in my algorithms. Um, supposedly, according to DJ Academics, that he he has spoken with Six God, and um, according to him. He has been told that Certified Lover Boy will be coming out in April, which makes, which for me, makes me wish, makes me hope that it will be coming out either in March or in May. What I don't need is for DJ Academics to be right about something and we never hear the fucking end of it ever again. I'll only believe it if DJ Khaled says it. Correct. Correct. Um... So I guess you know, I well, they'll probably uh, six guy will probably have some more antics leading up to Certified Lover Boy. I know I've noticed that there's more of a social media presence lately. I've noticed him more on the uh, on the Insta stories and shit like that. So you know, leading up to it's probably going to get a little stronger. So yeah. I, I I guess I guess I guess the album's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's on the way. Um. Local rapper, I hate I hate making these announcements. Local rapper Chucky Trill uh, got shot in Atlanta during what is currently, as we were recording this, All Star Weekend. I hate hate getting this news. It's it now it feels like a broken record. Not only because people are getting fucked up on All Star Weekend, because there's a couple problems I have with this. Not only people getting fucked up on All Star Weekend, but also it feels like people are just commuting to Atlanta to be the recipients of violence. And I don't want to disrespect Atlanta because I don't know what the vibes are or what's going on down there, going on up there. But it feels like every time I hear about a live-ass weekend in Atlanta, I'm hearing about violence. And I'm hearing about someone who was in the wrong place at the wrong time who wasn't really trying to be in anything, getting shot. You know, there are three states right now that you should not visit um, if you are not from those states. And those states are Florida, Georgia, and, and Texas. Texas. And Texas, yeah. Um, there's no reason right now to go to Georgia and I'm just going to say Atlanta specifically. Let me just say, there's not a reason to go anywhere. Yeah. Let me let me go ahead and interject with that. There's not a reason to go anywhere. As a matter of fact, the mayor in Atlanta tried to tell you hard-headed motherfuckers that All-Star Weekend was going to be mostly, exclusively a digital event. There's no reason for you to, and there's no reason to, to fly out. The actual NBA players said that it was a bad idea to have All-Star Weekend. 
LeBron James was on TV saying it's he he literally used the word dumb. It's a dumb idea. It's it's you know, besides the fact that we had a short off season and we have a short season and we have all these COVID protocols in place, it's just a dumb idea for for us to even try to do an All Star weekend. Uh, it's dumb to even. Ha- I mean, I appreciate the entertainment factor. I appreciate them trying to encourage. COVID protocols and encourage social distancing by being the example. But honestly, even having it at all as a digital event sets a bad example. Right. And that, and that's and that's exactly what they're saying. Like Because niggas are going to nig. Part of the appeal of an All-Star weekend under normal circumstances is that um you will have some proximity to these players throughout the weekend. Uh, what what some of y'all might not realize this year is that you will have no proximity to any of them nope. this weekend. Um, all the NBA players who are worth anything are locking it down and not <coughs> risk not risking getting sick by you motherfuckers. Except Harden, he doesn't give a fuck. Shit, Harden's in the game. Harden, even Harden is like, eh, yeah, yeah. But he might sneak off the turkey leg <laughs> a little bit later. But uh, you, you might see Lou Williams up in Magic City, but that's about it. But no, y'all, so th- the point of y'all having all these little stupid-ass parties when you're not even going to be in proximity of the people that you're celebrating is just dumb. And I saw the little clip, and I think I sent it to you, of Lil Dirk in the club. Yeah, man. You know, they were packed. People wall paid, to fucking wall. People paid hundreds of dollars to watch a dude not really rap over his own songs. You know? That was that was goofy. That I and and I just you you want niggas to not nig, and they definitely nig. Nigging is a true epidemic. Nigging, man, that happened. And you know, don't and and, and y'all don't get on my case about respectability politics. We're talking about life or death. We're talking about life or death in, in a life or in a life or death era, and people are intentionally being hard headed. Because you, you still got motherfuckers who refuse to wear the mask. It, it, you got motherfuckers who refuse to take the vaccine. You got motherfuckers who don't even think that the pandemic is real. Still, a year later. I know people who've actually had it and think it's not real. I know Y'all. people who've actually had it and say it's still a hoax. And, uh, and then on top of all that, all of that's concurring in a city where it seems like even before the pandemic, every time you go up there for an event, it's somebody out there getting shot. Yeah. I don't know what the vibes are on the street up there, so I can't comment it's, that hard. It's maximum niggridge. Maximum niggridge. Anytime you go to Atlanta for for an event, it's just maximum niggridge. Fair enough. I mean, I just, that's a damn shame. And it's a damn shame because from, from all accounts of this kid, uh, Chucky Trill, from all accounts, this kid wasn't out here in that life. He wasn't he wasn't out here being hard headed. And he just he just wanted to cut out and have a good time, just like anybody kinda is just like a lot of people uh seem to be doing right now, whether or not I think it's hard headed. Um And you shouldn't just you shouldn't have to get shot up for it. It it's it's sad that even if you aren't about that life, um, 
by being there and being around other people in that element, you will be adjacent to people who are about their life. And it's unfortunate. I, I learned a long time ago, walking in rap circles myself, um, there are just certain elements that are there, whether or not you want them to be there, whether or not most people there have the best intentions. Um, whenever, you know, 10 or more gathered in his name, there's maximum niggerage. And I just, and you I, just have to. And I want, I want whoever it is out there that has a voice in those streets to address anybody in the vicinity of the people that did this and the people that seem to be in the around when these things occur and just put some kind of positive word in their ear. I'm gonna put it that way. Um, because this doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense that, um, because we're supposed to be in a time where community rallies around each other. And these are the same motherfuckers that will try to, that will, that will talk your ear off about how a lot of that gang culture, I don't know if it was a gang or not, but how a lot of that culture was born of protecting your neighborhood and your community. Mm Mm-hmm. And because because the police have never been able have never been able to be trusted to do it, and this is kind of what we get from that. I'm just I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Um, in the meantime, stay away from Atlanta. In the meantime, stay the stay the fuck in the house. Uh, All Star Weekend, Spring Break, all that shit's gonna be there when all this shit is over. I guarantee it. Not only is all that shit going to be there when all this shit is over, it's going to be there times 12. I just realized spring break is week after next. Yeah, man. Pre- I'm prepared to have the same conversation two weeks from now. Man, I'm uh, man, I'm preparing to uh, make a big-ass Instacart order and bunker down twice as hard because niggas are hard-headed. Um, in a pandemic. Uh, Jay-Z... Jay-Z made a title deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay-Z sold title to, uh, what is it, Who uh, Jack Dorsey. Um, Twitter. To Twitter, basically. Um, on this note, you are, the people that give a fuck about this fall into two lanes. You are either a Jay-Z stan who loves this, sh- who who thinks this shit is brilliant, and Jay-Z is the most brilliant businessman on the planet, and, um, oh, officially by Square, yeah. Um, uh, and that Jay-Z is a brilliant businessman, and anybody who doesn't like it is a hater, and just can't, and just can't get with these dollar signs, and all that other bullshit LLC Twitter be talking. Or, you're on, you're on the side of people such as DJ Academics, who uh, has been very vocal about how he feels like, which I do as well, that Jay Z got us got us all to come over the title, not us because I didn't. Got people to come over the title with these notes about black ownership and 
um, how how we should be how we should be seeing more profits from our from our from our music and and the artists should have more control and black ownership this and black business that and he got a whole bunch of streams and he got a whole bunch of money out of it and he got a whole bunch of people's data that he is now selling over to Square that he has flipped for. Two hundred ninety-seven million dollars, and giving away to a white guy. If Shock. this doesn't raise an eyebrow with you, I don't know what to tell you. Shock. Um, I can say that I feel like Jay Z conned us. Well, he didn't, again, he didn't con me because I ain't never paid for title a day in my life. I'm disappointed because as a writer. And friend Scott Woods pointed out, this is probably the most comprehensive collection of Prince music you can find out there right now. Mm. Um, it's the most Prince music you can find in one place. So that's a damn shame. And it's another. And it's a thing that Prince would not have wanted at all. He and would he want would, his shit back. He would have got his shit off of there immediately. And now it's owned by a white man, which is just the last thing on the fucking planet uh, Prince Nelson would have wanted. And I can also say that it's on brand for Hove. It is on brand because it feels like he did what he did this with the NFL shit. He, he's he's done that with everything. I mean, he he quite literally said he's a businessman. Not a businessman. A business man. And this is where, and this is kind of where he's always, his, his content has always been. Telling us that he wants to go. He is um, a hood nigga who flourishes in white spaces. Yeah. I don't, I don't really champion people that I don't know on their capitalist conquest. If it's one of my friends who makes a come up business, I'm I'm definitely happy for him. I'm yeah. celebrating him. The 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 hero worship of Jay Z for buying and selling companies to me is just this is kind of weird. Like, it's I, strange. I don't I don't like I don't give a shit. And like, I don't think it's something that we celebrate anybody else for. Yeah. Or would or we'd be wondering why they're not doing a black owned thing. It just it's it's just all in support of the Jay Z has to be the goat myth. Um, when you when you can't talk about his music as much, you have to talk about how how great of a business acumen he has. Um, you know who else? Who else can do all that and flip companies? Who else can deceive people into into investing in something and then selling it and profiting off of it and not fulfilling your promises? No one but Hove. It is what it is. Like I, I and he's not even breaking new ground there. Yeah, I mean. Most people either fuck with Spotify or Apple Music anyway. This is true. I don't I don't know a lot of people that fuck with Tidal at all, I don't think. Um, and if they do, it was for a short time. Um, I think Drink Champs, Drink Champs had a Tidal exclusive deal for a while. Hmm. Uh, good for them. I, I, I know they're out there now, but uh, good for them. Um... I just, I don't know. I feel like this is just a, another, I don't want to say, I don't want to say I'm a, it's an indictment of him, but 
Um, I definitely feel like it's another thing on his rap sheet. Uh, to, Pun. to be watched in <laughs> to be watched in the long run. Um, because yeah, just like with the NFL shit, he got he got everybody on this train, <laughs> and then when the season started happening and things started happening, you never heard from him. Where's Colin Kaepernick? Where is Colin Kaepernick? Good question. Um, Thank you, Jay-Z. So, there's that. Um, T.I. T.I. has been released from his his contracts with both uh, VH1 for the Family Hustle uh, reality show and from Disney Marvel. So, you will not be seeing him in Ant-Man 3. I know there was a lot of people that were like, wait, T.I. was in Ant-Man? Yes. Yes, <laughs> T.I. was in Ant-Man. In both of them. Um, and I almost thought he wasn't going to be in the second one. And then I saw, I was like, oh, damn. I, I just remembered he was in the second one. Um, I don't remember the second one for anything but being, a, being another decent movie that vastly underuses Walton Goggins. You know, if I ever get in that Marvel bag, y'all, I'm going to get my life right. Deleting all my fucking social media. I'm going to straighten. Yeah. I, if I get in that, that Marvel slash Disney bag. The rebrand going to be hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> the rebrand going to be something serious. I'm going to have like fake kids and shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Disney Marvel, they don't fuck around. And that's just with the white people. You know, anybody mm-hmm. that got on the bad foot. Uh, white with Disney and Marvel, they had to get their life right. Yeah, Chris Evans to date has said one thing out, remotely out of pocket. I don't even think he said. I think he was just adjacent to it. Yeah, and you've never heard Captain America say shit about shit ever again. And he's lucky he's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> they probably gave him the benefit of a conversation like Chris. Hey. I'm telling you, they. I'm telling you, they're trying to get Renner the fuck out of there. I know they are. They gonna. They're phasing him out. They're, they're, they're just being nice about it. Yeah, they're gonna pass that torch in this uh, Hawkeye series, and then that's what it looks like. And then Jeremy Renner and Gina Carano are gonna do some kind of buddy movie. <laughs> you know, they go uh, and both of them gonna Ben Shapiro gonna be uh, producing <laughs> shit out of that. Um, yeah, because Ti with the sexual harassment shit, this is getting this is getting worse by the day. It, it started out where just one person stepped up and said some shit on the blogs. I think there's like 11 accusations out there now. In multiple states. In mul- What the fuck is going on? What is wrong mm-hmm. with T.I.? What we've been saying all along. <laughs> <laughs> that, that between him and his family, they haven't met a good decision. Right. He's a piece of shit. Apparently, apparently his son, who's a rapper, is in trouble. That is not shocking. Under under similar circumstances. You don't say. And they alluded to that on the show, uh, I remember, like a season or two ago, that he had started rapping, and it was a... First, it started out very kind of uh, Huxtable-ish, in that it was just, it was affecting his grades. Then they started seeing him on social media, and he in the back, he in the back, trying to fuck fuck girls and he couldn't look his mama in the eye when when she asked if he was a virgin 
which is troubling because I don't even think at the time he was 18. I mean, is T.I. Ex- mm. Nope. About nope. to make a bad joke. Nope. About to make a bad nope. joke. Nope. Don't do it. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. it. I felt it. I felt nope. it. Stop it, Damien. There was a disturbance in the forest. <laughs> Stop I felt it, it. Don't do it. Uh, T.I. <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Go ahead and hit him with, the, with a big shut the fuck up. Actually. Shut up. Um, uh, yeah, that family hasn't met a good decision. Hey, that, you know, I'm just saying. Thank you, Marvel. <laughs> right, right. We did not need to see him in Ant Man three. We don't. We don't. And don't 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 recast him, please. If you do recast him, recast him with Lil Flip. Um, Ant Man. I'm surprised there's an Ant Man. I if somebody had told me that there was gonna be an Ant Man trilogy, I would not have believed it. Uh, Those movies are cute. They're for yeah. kids. Yeah. They're for kids. I can uh, when you when you put it in that frame of reference. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with it. I didn't think that's where that franchise would go. I didn't think that was the kind of vibe they would. Do. But Ant Man is for kids. They did it, and I'm 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 happy about it. Um, I'm pretty sure at some point in Ant Man three we're gonna get the daughter in Ant Man suit. <laughs> Because you know she got old because yeah. of the snap. Yeah, Cassie. Yeah, she's yeah. she gonna be out there. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, oh God, did you watch Coming to America too? Say, can you see? <laughs> I'm coming to America. Actually, right. let's not go there. Let's go to WandaVision. Okay. <laughs> let's not go there. Like, not yet. <laughs> not yet. WandaVision. Uh, I have to say. Spoiler alert. Just in case. Spoiler alert. Um, I'm pretty sure most of y'all have watched it. Let me just say, is my opinion that two things. One, I feel like the WandaVision finale is whatever you make of it. It's it's a Rorschach drawing as to how you look at how you look at those characters and how you look at the Marvel brand in particular as a whole. Mm -hmm. Having said that, if you don't like a thing, I don't have a problem with you not liking a thing. And But when the dislike comes from things that just kind of don't really tread water, like the whole thing about how they... I hate, I hate woke book. I hate, hate, hate woke book. Because they can come up with this shit now where it's just all about how white women get away with anything and how there were no no consequences for Wanda and how she could do all that shit she did and she just gets away with everything and that's just how white women do. Um, I'm never going to deny that white women get away with everything. However, the reason that this is stupid in this context, context matters, y'all. Let me say that again. Context matters. Yeah, I know context matters because you can't talk about Wanda getting away with everything when nobody seems to have had any problem with literally 70% of the Avengers doing shit that they should be in jail for and getting away with it. Yes. <laughs> and nobody had this energy. Tony Stark literally created a murder bot that wiped out a whole country, literally ripped said country off the map out of the ground. Uh, before, Y'all didn't have shit to say about that. Before that, he made his fortune out of creating weapons. <laughs> 
that killed people. as a war profiteer. Yes. If you don't want to talk about Bucky be Bucky not being in prison, if you don't want to talk about Steve Rogers not being in prison, if you don't want to talk about Tony Stark not being in prison, if you don't want to talk about Bruce Banner not being in prison for wiping out half of Johannesburg, yeah. You have to shut the fuck up about Wanda not get not having consequences and why Wanda isn't in prison. Y'all saw Civil War. Tony Stark was mad at the Falcon because he had the nerve to dodge a vision blast that Rhodey got shot by. And when he said, I'm sorry, Tony Stark blasted him in the next week and put him in prison. What the fuck are y'all talking about? No consequences. The whole MCU is about there never being consequences for anything by anyone. Exactly. (laughs) The general that tried to put them in prison for not signing the Sokovia Accords at the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe took a clearly unhinged soldier, created an anti-Hulk that flattened all of Harlem and got promoted to Secretary of Defense. What the fuck are y'all talking about? (laughs) Rhodey should be fired from the Air Force <laughs> 20 times over. <laughs> How the fuck do people process information anymore? No one thinks. Literally a story about a woman who's a witch. <laughs> My God. Y'all can't enjoy anything. <laughs> it must be miserable to be so fucking woke. And that's all y'all took about it is white women get. How about white people get away with everything? They just waiting for insecurity to come back. <laughs> like a lot of y'all, a lot of y'all just watch superhero shit so y'all can be in on the conversation. Y'all just miss calling Lawrence ain't shit. <laughs> that's that's yeah. all it is. Like, y'all, y'all are really. If y'all are really worried about people and consequences in the superhero show, yeah, go back to watching. Please watch Insecure more often. Go go back to your your little stupid reality shows. I mean, hell, all these little reality shows that you talk about, what kind of consequences do they have? They get away with every fucking thing in those shows. Every goddamn thing. Evelyn Lozada had a C an assault charge in fifteen years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Shit. Same energy. Oh man, keep the same energy. As a matter of fact, and and I always say, it's not even a matter of. The, it's not even a matter of just the MCU. It's superhero movies in general right. because the comics are like that. Correct. The comics are just like that. Man, if you ain't had shit to say about Charles Xavier mind-raping people for the past 20 years, get the fuck out of my face. The fact that the Joker's been alive the entire time. You know, Batman hasn't killed that motherfucker yet with all the stuff that he's done. Not only that, if you watch Batman, if you did you play, well, you, if you play Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. anybody who plays Arkham Knight knows Batman should have been arrested fifteen times over. Yeah, somebody like like yes, if Batman can do something to save the city, he should. But after he saves the city, the city has to have a real conversation about <laughs> doing something about Batman. <laughs> this motherfucker got gear and weapons and yes. technology and surveillance shit all over the city. Ain't right. nobody said shit. You know, I made a joke a long time ago, like, 
you notice Batman don't really fuck with black neighborhoods because we would be skeptical of him all the time. Like, we, we, we see him fucking up some shit downtown. We're going, hey, man. A nigga better not come here, though. I will say, bro, hey. How you, how you know all that shit? Don't have, these, don't have these people in my house come in here talking about hiding some shit. Got a weapon stash and shit all yeah. in my fucking backyard. You just gracefully come through my backyard. Like, you, you ain't even yeah. knock on the door tell me you back there. No, that's how you get shot, nigga. Nah, Batman would make us really not trust white people. <laughs> Bruh, you have no idea. I, I just, I, I, and and it's 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 the whole superhero genre. Superman has leveled so much shit. Yep. Just in Man of Steel, right? And the only consequences he ever saw from it was thirty seconds in a congressional hearing in which everyone exploded. That's it. That's the only time anybody has ever talked about consequences with yeah. Superman. I'm just saying. So y'all gotta chill out about Wanda. WandaVision was amazing. It was a really, really good show. WandaVision was fucking incredible. I uh, and and some people would say it was hindered by the fact that it did it did play with some things and then kind of get more what we know of the MCU at the end. Mm-hmm. But because when you're dealing with someone something in that genre, eventually you have to shit or get off the pot. Right. It can't be lost for the whole time. Thank they you. have to answer a question. Yes. Thank God it wasn't lost the whole time. Because <sighs> at some point you have to answer a question. There has to be a payoff. Yeah. And in MC in a superhero genre show, the payoff is superhero violence. Yes. Which is exactly what took place. That's what you get at the end. Let me also say y'all ain't shit. Y'all, y'all, have you seen that vision uh, meme where they <laughs> the put the, where they put the turtleneck and the chain on him and call yeah. him V. Sean? Hey man, that's some real shit though. Y'all ain't y'all ain't worth a damn. That's y'all, the internet's undefeated. Those are some of my favorite memes. So. That was it, it, that was funny. <laughs> that that shit was hilarious. Um, he did have an a shit nigga look. That was that, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, let me also say that. Paul Bettany, Paul Bettany just been acting circles around, but like Man. Paul Bettany was dialing it back. Honestly, yeah. honestly, I've always said he was acting at like half speed, yeah, just so everybody could keep up. And Catherine Hahn has just gone; she's a national treasure. Just, just peak maximum Catherine Hahn. Like, <laughs> and, and on the low, 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 she really showed her range on this show. I have to say, um, I agree. I mean, it, it's very difficult to act in multiple decades of of sitcoms and and pull each genre off, if you want to call it that, masterfully. Um, I, I she's a national treasure. Elizabeth Olsen kind of acted to her limit, I think, but she also did a good job. She also did a really good. Oh, she job. did a wonderful job. I I really enjoyed her. Um, I, of course, me being a me being the nigga I am, I don't have to. Um, Elaborate any more about how wonderful Town of Paris is. Um, just fine, just fine. Just one of one of my favorite follows on Instagram. She works out like a superhero. Um, kudos to her, man. I want to see. I, I want to see more. I, I definitely want to see more work from her. You will. She'll probably, according to the. Um, I'll say. According to that 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 uh, Captain Marvel two. 
coming. Either Captain Marvel two or Secret Invasion. You know, we saw that scroll. Oh yeah. Action. Oh yeah. Going on. Um. You say. And now coming to America. I say you say that that uh that Instagram. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anytime you anytime you hear an awkward silence like that, if you um Randall has discovered a has made a new discovery on Instagram. So if you are playing Opinions Wild Black Bingo, you can go ahead and just cross that one off. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. She does squats, okay? She does indeed. Okay. Uh, and I'm back. Coming to America, the sequel. Oh. Coming number two, America. Um, which is the worst sequel name probably since Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, yeah. Um, did you watch Coming to Did you watch the Coming to America sequel? <laughs> I did watch it. Okay. I did watch it. Um, and... I take it you have. I, I take it you have notes. I my biggest note is that I watched it while not completely sober. I did that intentionally. You should, uh, as you should have, as I should have. My biggest note is that the sequel was not necessary. The sequel was never necessary. Well, I think we said yeah. that too. It was like, yeah. what, what? Who asked for that? Eddie Murphy asked for it. Apparently. <laughs> Fortunately for Eddie, the check cleared. Yeah. It it was, it was, mind you, I've seen much worse. Oh, true. I've I've seen much worse. White people have done much worse. Oh, yeah. Uh, Regularly. If we could do, analyze this and analyze (laughs) that. Isn't that the shit? (laughs) Yeah. Where, where, what was it, Robert De Niro was like, was a a mobster in therapy or some shit? Yeah, Billy Crystal was his therapist or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was what it was. It's, um, I feel like I've talked about this so much over the last couple of days that I'm almost tired of talking about it, but it, it, the, the thing that I, I felt the same way about it that I felt when I watched the force awakens, the star Wars force awakens right. in that yeah. it, it tried to hit a lot of the same beats that the original did. But first of all, it, it, that doesn't really work, I think, in 2021. No. No. And I think that it relied too much on us kind of seeing where the the characters from 1988, where they are today. Right. Which I I felt like the highlights of the of the movie were like Leslie Jones and, and Tracy Morgan and the newer characters who had like a completely different take and probably, you know, completely different script. <laughs> Than oh, everybody else. Jesus. Yeah. I did I, like Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones was, was, was Leslie Jones was Leslie Jones. And I and I think that was refreshing because everyone else's performances were pretty wooden. Uh, I, I I have comments. Well, keep going. But I have commentary about Leslie Jones okay. as we go forth. I felt like Eddie Murphy was the least funny person in his own movie. Well, as I came, as I came specifically. Uh, well, not only that. I feel like I feel like I didn't laugh enough. I laughed three times. I can I can count. I laughed three times during this movie. I I I don't know. I laughed maybe once or twice. And and the laughs were kind of unintentional. They 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 weren't gags necessarily. Yeah. I laughed three times. All of them kind of at unintentionally funny things. Yeah. And that worries me 
for for a sequel to a movie <laughs> that I consider one of the best comedy movies ever made. Oh, it is my ever. it is my favorite comedy movie of all time, and I think it's a perfect comedy, the original one. And one of the reasons I think that the original one really worked was because Eddie's Akeem character was such a fish out of water, and he was so naive. And I think that naivete is what kind of drove the movie. We we right. saw we saw New York, New York through the eyes of a foreigner who was um, very unaware of its customs and its uniqueness. Correct. And, and the whole quirky cast of characters that surrounded that supported that whole idea. So it was really his naivete that that really drove that movie. We didn't have that. In this one. We and had, also, to be fair, we didn't have John Landis. That is also true. I mean... You can't replicate the brilliance of John Landis yeah, and how he kind got, of understood... You got Kenya Barris? Uh, you can't replicate John Landis <laughs> and the brilliance of, of how well he understood Eddie's comedy and how, uh, and how well he took advantage of Eddie's comic timing. Yeah. And it felt like Eddie made it a point to dial it back, and there was like the comedy people. It felt like they were be they were being told to dial it back, mm-hmm. which is not what you want. Coming to America comes from an era where you had a vehicle for your star, yep, and you did everything you could for that script to get out of the way at at the right times and let those stars flourish. Yeah. That's what made Ghostbusters so fucking good was that it got out of the way and let Bill Murray show his ass. Yeah. And 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 also, you know, Eddie's not as hungry as he was back then. This is a huge problem. Yeah, uh, uh, as far I, as coming to America. Yeah, I saw I saw Eddie center himself in the movie and and I saw Eddie Eddie Murphy, the the producer. Correct. Kind of center himself in the movie. Um and his character just wasn't interesting. I, I really think that if they would have allowed the actual comedians in the movie to push themselves a bit more. You can't have a movie like this and not have Tracy Morgan go full Tracy Morgan. I would I wouldn't mind seeing a whole spinoff of just like Tracy Morgan and Leslie Jones and that little weird family, you know, fucking up Rick Ross's house. Uh, right. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's a <laughs> <Does> it's a movie. <laughs> that was another problem. They spent a lot of time in that house. Uh, that's probably all they had the budget for. This is also true. That's all they had the budget for. Um, I will say it was worth the price of admission to see Tiana Taylor uh, doing her version of Get Off. Yeah. I'm one of those people where yeah. Tiana Taylor doing that kind of thing works for me. Whether on mute or not mute. Whether on mute or not. <laughs> um, I will say that um, my feeling is that the romance and kind of the charm, the the charming aspect of it, of that storyline, was sweet. But again, for me as an '80s baby, for me, Eddie Murphy was like Superman. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy is to me the Bruce Lee of comedy. Mm. The way he talks about people before him, like Red Fox, that was me looking at Eddie. Right. Nobody does comedic timing and takes advantage of their environment and whatever's going on with the kind of grace and poise, but also 
pointed comedic timing that Eddie does. And and has not since. Kevin Hart tries his damnedest, but you also have to have punchlines in your Kevin comedy. Kevin Hart is just not funny. Let's say you also have to have punchlines in your comedy. Yeah. So that's a problem too. But I digress. And for me, I wanted to laugh and I didn't feel incentive to laugh at any of the gags. And we could t- and and there was a lot where it meant well and there was a lot that it did right for me. I love I missed the times the movies where we can shove every black person in black Hollywood in there yeah. and that work. I I missed that. And I think they did that well. And all the things it did well I wish it had it had mixed with more laughs. Yeah. But that's a hard balancing act and I don't think it pulled it off. And I recognize that's a hard balancing act. But at the end of the day, you were talking about a S-tier comedy vehicle. So it has to pull off the laughs. Mm-hmm. And there were just so many situational, regular conversation moments where they could have had something there and they just didn't go for it. And they went for the gag of this is where this is where this thing left off from 1980 so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish I could have seen far less of Wesley Snipes. Man, look. As much as I'm glad what, what, there are people looking out for Wesley and that Wesley is still working in the U.S. Hopefully paying his taxes. Hopefully paying his taxes. I wanted way less of that Wesley character. I did. And, and they had me rolling my fucking eyes from the first five minutes when they tell me that the neighboring that the neighboring country is called, I shit you not, Next Doria. I was like, oh, it's going to be a long fucking day. It's about to be a long fucking day. And, and, and just everything from there. Uh, thank you for the pickup from where Vanessa Bell Calloway left off. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, Tracy, I wish I could have seen him go harder. One thing that I wanted to point out though, is for me, I'm glad that people are making a active choice to bring Leslie Jones into more things culturally. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm, I'm happy about this is because I never, for all our talk, for all our, for all of our woke ass talk about protecting black women, I never felt like Leslie Jones was the recipient of any of that protection. Oh, they were definitely bullying her for a while. They bullied the, when she got work on Saturday Night Live, they came for her at all costs. And there was none of, and like when Ghostbusters, when they were dragging, when they were dragging all the women for, mm-hmm. oh, we don't, oh, we don't need social justice warrior Ghostbusters or whatever. All the protection that like Kate McKinnon got, mm-hmm. Leslie Jones didn't see none of that shit. And I don't think any of the women from that cast stepped up to, to add, to kind of uh, help that situation either. And they ran her off of, off of the internet, calling her all kind of, calling her all kind of ugly man and all that shit. And for us to be in such a culture where we go back and analyze places where we fucked up, Jay-Z has been vindicated as being, I shit you not, not so ugly, when we used to call him Joe Camel. 
Whoopi Goldberg has been vindicated as being not so ugly as just coming up in a time where we don't appreciate, where we are conditioned to not appreciate more prominently African features. Mm-hmm. And so Whoopi Goldberg has been vindicated as y'all really clowned her back in the day. Yeah. And if so if you want to go down that route, I feel like culturally, Leslie Jones should really be getting all the work that Whoopi Goldberg was getting back in the day. Right. And she's not. And it was just, one day it was just cool for the internet to come for her and call her a coon and say she was taking all this coon-ass work and say she was playing these coon-ass characters and run her off social media, and nobody said shit about it. Because respectability politics, because only some people are allowed to sit at the cool kids' woke table. Yep. So, I'm glad that people are picking her up again. I'm glad that she's getting this kind of work. I'm glad that she's getting this kind of work for playing unapologetically black characters that rail against respectability politics Mm -hmm. which she did at every step in this movie (laughs) yes she did (laughs) and she did it with poise and she pulled it off and she was still able and she was still able to have a dignity about her where you respected her and her character yeah and it wasn't annoying um as 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 opposed to kind of the retrospective on sherry headley who nobody said back in the day because she was light skinned, but uh, Lisa was a little was a little sedity. She was also fine. She was also fine. This is yeah. true. She was also fine. Yeah. But Lisa was mad sedity. <laughs> she was the sedity daughter of the McDowells. She was the though. one light skinned person in that whole family. Mm. Miraculous. Miraculous. <laughs> <laughs> also, John Amos is still alive. I did not know that. Holy <laughs> shit. You know, you know, we made that, that joke. You know, they made that joke when Larry Flint died. They were like, wait, Larry Flint was alive? That was my that was the look on my face when I saw John Amos. John Amos is one of those guys that has always been old. Like him. Old when he was young. Morgan Freeman. The dude that played Rollo. <laughs> <laughs> not Rollo. Uh, James, James Earl Jones. Jones. <laughs> James Earl Jones is alive. Hey, James Earl Jones, all his scenes were either in bed or laying in something. <laughs> Holy shit. How is he not making more Darth Vader money now? He man. They gotta get they better get all the voice work they can get out of him now. And you and, and that's another thing. You don't you notice you don't get as as nearly as much Star Wars fanfare for James Earl Jones. As you do for say, man, they use they use Peter Cullen in everything Transformers. Anytime Transformers comes up and these they, they need some Optimus Prime, they'll find Peter Cullen wherever the fuck he is. Yeah. I don't feel like there's that same energy for James Earl Jones. Uh, they also don't use Darth Vader in a lot of stuff. Uh, that's true too. I, they would if they could. Yeah, I'm just telling y'all, y'all. If if I were if I were, hey, I'm saying this now. If I were with Disney Star Wars, wink, wink. I would just write a shit ton of Vader related content and we'd go ahead and get we'd go ahead and get James Earl Jones on that on that voice box. I would just take one of those one just a grammar book from like middle school. Have him read every word. Just read every <laughs> word, every sentence, 
And y'all Aardvark. can use it however the fuck you want and just send me my check. Aardvark. Yeah, yeah, right. Abacus. <laughs> Academia. Abercrombie. And, and and quiet is kept. They they squeezed Morgan Freeman in that bitch. Xylophone. <laughs> they squeezed Morgan Zebra. Freeman in. Yeah. Um, and let me also say on one final point, Kiki Lane was in this movie. Mm. Anybody who saw the old guard remembers Kiki Lane. I didn't even realize that was her. Kiki Lane looks bad good. People I'm, were calling her Shuri. Uh, I'm f- that's I, fine. I can. I, I really hope that they look at her for some Black Panther 2 action. She needs some Black Panther 2 work. Dead ass. It's not too late, Ryan. <laughs> I I don't encourage anybody to sit through this movie if they don't if they don't want to or they don't have to. I heard that Eddie turned down both Aaron Magruder and Ryan Coogler for contributing to Coming to America, by the way. Oh, he fucked up. He fucked up. <laughs> Eddie's silly out here then. Are you fucking kidding me? Ryan Coogler hasn't missed yet. <laughs> All of Ryan Coogler's movies are in the high 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. As a matter of fact, you know what? Where's Coming to America right now on Rotten Tomatoes? Let me see this shit. Let's see how bad Eddie fucked up. It... it... Let's see. Rotten Tomatoes score. Where we what we got? I I wish that um on the tomato monitor. Coming yeah. to America is currently fifty two percent on the Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Fifty two percent on the tomato meter and forty nine percent audience score. Check this out though. Let me tell you how Eddie really fucked up now that I'm reading this. And this is coming from Eddie himself. Ryan Coogler actually once pitched a Coming to America sequel to Eddie Murphy, starring Michael B. Jordan. Get the fuck. What? Instead, he got Jermaine Fowler. Eddie ain't Eddie, Eddie, Eddie ain't in touch. Eddie ain't in touch. And I like Jermaine Fowler, by the way. But Eddie ain't yeah. in touch. I mean, if you have if you have the opportunity to give Michael B. Jordan some work. And get and, and and immediately get that get that get that female audience. You get them. You get Michael B. Jordan. Period. Period. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan is in an Amazon uh, Jack Ryan spinoff. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that. It. No one gives a fuck about. I I read the Tom Clancy shit. Nobody gives a fuck about John Clark. Jack Ryan's violent friend? Is what he? the fuck? Nobody gives a fuck about John Clark. Is he black in the book? No. <laughs> Every woman I know is going to be watching Michael B. Jordan fuck niggas up. Because they saw the trailer with the shirt off. Because they saw the trailer with the shirt off of him and him fucking niggas up. I... He really did set a car, a car on fire with a dude in it and got in the car with him. <laughs> That's some bath salt shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's about to blow this car up. No, he's getting in the car. Let me tell you okay. something. Eddie fucked up. Eddie fucked up, and we're going to be talking about how bad Eddie fucked up for some time. Eddie fucked up with this, and I don't even, I, I don't hate this, and I don't hate this movie. I will not, probably not be watching it again. I won't. I will pretty definitely not be watching it again. I, but Eddie fucked up. Eddie fucked up bad. 
Uh, that's a great place to take a break. Uh, we covered a lot. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Foolishness and Fuckery. You are listening to Opinions While Black, sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up. shit yes yeah, that time yeah for all you uh listeners there's real liquor being poured it's not asmr that's not <laughs> asmr uh there will not be a, there will not be a whole album of this janae Iko. <laughs> oh my god that is still the weirdest shit i've ever heard she has a whole like meditation thing ASMR was just her going, calm down. Hmm. Looks like Blake Griffin is going to sign with the Nets. Shocking. Excuse me? Huh? Oh, so that was real? Yeah. Blake Griffin. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, they trying. They trying hard. They trying. They trying to make this shit work. Oh, man. I don't, for, for better or worse. The problem is never, but the problem is not. I appreciate them trying to get as much talent over there as possible. But the problem isn't is always going to be chemistry. And as I see them now, I don't see that assembly of players working long-term together. Well, and it doesn't need to be. Like, basically, most players get to a state. Most players have the ability now to say, you know what? We don't need to struggle together for six or seven years. Let's just Let's just pack a bunch of people in, win one. So I can say I got one and get out. Pretty much. And move on to the next one. Fair Which, enough. I mean, if, and if you want to do that, that's fine. I don't I don't give a shit one way or the other. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that's right. But don't pretend it's anything other than that. My people probably ain't going again, so <laughs> it's, it's whatever. Um, it's time for White People Must Be Stopped. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I tell you, white people have been acting a fucking fool Uh, 2021. So, did you hear about Greg McDermott? Greg McDermott is this is this coach from Creighton University who got suspended. I, I take it, yes, you've heard of this. Why, why am I laughing though? It, that's like that nervous laugh. Like, God damn it! Um, he apologized for what CNN quoted him to have said is a terribly inappropriate analogy. Uh, basically his team lost and in the locker room, he said, this is a quote, guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everyone to stay on the plantation. I can't have anyone leave the plantation. Y'all, white people aren't even trying anymore. Mm-mm. He didn't. First of all, Mm-mm. to have said that, I'm almost certain that wasn't the first time. Nope. 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 And how the fuck? And I don't even. And I'm not even. This isn't even disappointment because for me to have a, a segment called "White People Must Be Stopped" <laughs> already tells you that I have zero faith in the Caucasian race. 
The problem is, why doesn't he know not to not not to not think that or not to not use that word in private, but not use that word in a public space where people can fucking hear you? Why don't you? Why don't white people have better teams behind them? Because of white supremacy. Because they don't have to. They don't have natural predators. So they don't have an instinct to protect themselves right. from shit like this. They don't have the white equivalent of a Jamal on their side. They do not. Um, you know, or, or even a black version of Jamal on their side. Craig what? Lindsay was having a conversation with, El- with Elvis Mitchell about our Jamal theory. Yeah. yeah. We, we've arrived. Guys. We've arrived. I mean, uh, we're here. It's. it's it's a thing that it's a thing that has to happen. No, we're not glazing over that. Hit us with the air horns. Oh, my bad. We're not glazing over that. We've arrived. Uh, there are there are critics. There are actual credited people in the film industry <laughs> and adjacent in the film industry discussing the Jamal theory. You know, you know how they have the the Bechtel test. Yes, we we need a Jamal test. We need a Jamal test. That's happening. That's happening in an upcoming episode. I swear to God, that's gonna be a segment. Oh boy. Oh man. Oh y'all fucked up. That's going. I'm. I'm. That, that, that's going in the notebook. I'm writing that shit in the notebook. <laughs> y'all. I just. I, it's just disappointing. Not even disappointing. It's amazing to me that these people don't know better. Yeah. You should know better now. That's that, not something that should ever happen. After all this time, if you've been alive. For at least thirty or forty years or more, and you you know enough about history and civil rights and everything to, at the very least, at the very least, not say some shit that's outwardly racist. I, like I need I I I I can't have you. I I don't want you guys to leave the plantation. I need everyone to stay on the plantation. Twice, twice, twice. That was a double down. And, and and because it was a locker room speech, I'm going to assume there was a pause in there. <laughs> and I'm going to assume there was some emphasis on there, too. So there was some thought. There was some thought and gravitas involved in how am I going to compartmentalize these thoughts into a digestible speech for what I am assuming is largely a team of color. Yeah. That happened in 2021. What? Just white people, man. There are certain things that I know I cannot say in public, and those things include most things that I say on this podcast. <laughs> there are things that I just cannot say in mixed company. This is facts, and it, it still amazes me that this this coach of a Division One school who plays on a national platform, um, just does not have the presence of mind. To not say some shit to, that's going to be offensive to people after after all this time, it, and it feels like a dis, it feels like an act of disrespect to all the stupid ass white people that have come before him <laughs> and said fucked up shit. What did we just get to talking about? The the generation before you does shit, so you don't have to, right? And, and, and I feel like all the white people that said goofy shit before him. Should have been a lesson going forward. Has he not seen how many people got the shit slapped out of him over the last four years? <laughs> <laughs> Let Richard Spencer be a lesson to you all. Let me just put it that way. Like, he took an early one for y'all. 
I feel like Richard Spencer should be the one that should be lighting the way for white people to be having to have better PR. Yeah. Period. Um. So yeah, that's his dumbass. He got stole off on camera, y'all. Yeah. Multiple times. That's how much. And that's what y'all. Multiple times to the point yeah. where people were waiting for the next Richard Spencer ass whooping. Here's a PSA for y'all. It, it is in your best interest to get your shit together now. Because motherfuckers will steal you in public, on camera, on site. They don't give a fuck anymore. They don't give a fuck. And for your own personal safety, you need to curb your racist instincts and, and, and just and just just shut the fuck up. Just act right. Just act right. You didn't have to make a clever analogy there, sir. All you had to say was, "We we need to get it together. We need to get it together. We need you guys have your heads in the game." Whatever the fuck you had to say. I've been in many locker rooms. I've been I've been for many locker room speeches. Just. Uh, there's, there's, there was any there was any myriad of things you could say back there. Yeah. No shame, guys. No shame. No shame. We got to stay on point. We got to stay together. You could have even said, what the fuck is going on? 100%. Get your fucking shit together. I got a guy back here. This may or may not be based on a true story. I got a guy back here. Number 57. Running like a goddamn pussy. And I got guys like Longworth back here who work hard every day, show up all week, who will never see the field. <laughs> I feel like somebody's been triggered. <laughs> Do we need to talk about this? <laughs> Stay on the goddamn plantation. <laughs> that sounded like some, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, long time ago. Anyway... <laughs> So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we, that's his dumb ass. We got to unpack that someday. <laughs> got, sus- man, got suspended, apologized, made a dumbass apology. <laughs> Terribly unfortunate analogy. What the fuck is wrong with you? Unfortunate. I hate when they say that shit. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Like, uh, oops, it just Unfortunate happened. Unfortunate for who? It just happened to come out that way. I'm sorry. For your suspended with pay ass? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face. Or for these unpaid or for these unpaid athletes who know this shit is gonna happen again. Yeah. Either that or you gonna get fired and they just and they just praying that the next motherfucker is slightly less racist than you. And you know now the whole team's gonna have to go through some like diversity and inclusion shit. Man. Just cause the coach fucked up. This feels like a bad episode of The Office. <laughs> like with prison Mike. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> ooh. They gonna go get prison Mike. See, that's where it is. Jamal is the black version, should be the black version of Toby on the office, except people listen to him. Yeah, that, yeah, we need no a, one be- listens we to need a better example. We need a better example. That's true. That's <laughs> not a good example. Nobody listens to Nobody. poor Toby. Um, Andrew Cuomo, I didn't know about this one. This must have snuck out because... I was. I, this must have snuck out while during Snowmageddon. Yeah, we didn't. Have, we didn't have power or water when this shit was happening. Okay, so this happened during Snowmageddon. Cool. Andrew Cuomo is, uh, you know, and again, my knowledge of Andrew of the Cuomo of the House of Cuomo is limited uh, because I am Southern and he is more a prominent figure. 
on among the coastal elites. Um, it turns out Andrew Cuomo is a bit of a pussy hound. <sighs> More than a bit of a pussy hound, apparently. Uh, he's he. What is, what is he on? Sexual harassment or assault? You know what? At this point, it's all the same. It might all be the same. It all, it's all got you fucked up. Apparently, he was he had his hands on some on some young lady that works for him at a wedding. Uh, I saw the picture. He had his hand on this woman's face like some fucking Wuthering Heights level shit. He knew he was about to crush that pussy. And he did not. Let me tell you something. Andrew Cuomo, and this is another this is another example. Andrew Cuomo should not be fucking up like this. No. Not when public officials in you are in New York, and public officials in New York have a history going back at least the past fifteen years of uh being pussy hounds who get in trouble in the public eye. Hello, Anthony Weiner. No one who lives in the state of Anthony Weiner should be getting in trouble for shit like this. Should have been a lesson to all future pussy hounds. And 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 they Andrew Cuomo has failed his predecessors. Failed. Failed. Like and multiple women, multiple women are like, "Oh hell yeah, you asked me what kind of draws I had on." Like, and your team sucks. That's the problem. Again, your team sucks. You're the when you have a when you have a dude like that, the first thing they need to know, the first thing your team needs to know about you is that you are in fact a pussy hound. Yes. And no matter what else is going on politically or socially, there should be a constant bubble around you. Yep. That when you reach for that woman's face, they all just run up. No. No. They just walk up to you and go, sir, I need to talk to you. Oh, sir, I need to introduce you to some people over here. I just put a shock collar on him. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo might need a fucking shock collar. I did, it, it, and it, 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 I was, you know, I've been watching a lot of Office lately. It's that episode of Office where that one, where that woman showed up to do a business deal, and Michael swore that she was trying to fuck and kept trying to kiss her. <clears throat> And the whole office was like, "Quit going back in there, let Jim do it." It was that was that was a pretty awkward one. That was uh, that was terribly awkward, and um, that just doesn't make any sense. You need a better team than that. When you're a pussy hound, the whole team needs to be aware, and the whole team needs to be on high alert. You also need to figure out how to stop being a pussy hound. You also definitely need to stop being a pussy hound. That is that's. Your brother works for CNN. Yeah, you that's, can't that, be a pussy hound. That's kind of the meat and bones of it. And your your brother will tell your mother what's going on. I just that doesn't make, make any that doesn't make any sense to me. I've never had that problem. Nobody's so fine. Nobody was ever so attractive at my job. I couldn't not try to kiss them. Yeah, I've I've never had enough confidence to even be like that, but. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like I've, I've also been able to maintain professionalism, and I've worked around, you know, women of all types. I'm not even gonna do it the favor of calling it professionalism. Yeah, 
Just just not be just not being a dog in heat. Yeah. A freak without warning. I, I that is that's not the time to let your freak flag fly, especially when you're already in trouble for COVID related shit. And, you know, when you're also a governor. What the fuck is going on with y'all, and man? You're a public servant. I, oh man, y'all crazy. Y'all wild. I don't know. Again, no natural predators. Yep. There was nobody. Nobody had the courage. Nobody had the courage. No. No. Just like, just like with the Weinstein shit. When when somebody walked up to Ben Affleck, it was like, uh, hey, Har- Harvey Weinstein over here sniffing my fucking hair. Ben Ben didn't snap into action. He said, "God damn it, Harvey!" Dude, you hear that story? I, I've heard the story. He was like, "God damn it, Harvey!" That's not the that's not the way. He was also probably drinking. Well, yeah, that's also true too. <laughs> but we ben know, but, a sad man. but we know a lot of dudes who are inappropriate with women, and and they seem completely oblivious um, to the fact that they are making women uncomfortable with their advances and they and they think it's nothing i've worked with them i've worked with them yeah it's it's true i've worked with them um i definitely there was a well no i'm not gonna tell that story because that's kind of horrible um maybe maybe when we start the patreon (laughs) 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 shit um send your your racist stories i shudder to think what our patreon content would sound like oh my god (laughs) I I sure to think what the guest selection would be like. Yeah, I, uh, I might I might just be quiet on those because that should get me fired. Oh, Greg Abbott. Yeah, yeah, we gotta talk about Greg Abbott. Oh, fuck him. Yeah, absolutely, fuck him. Did we talk about him at the top? We talked we mentioned about, him at the top. I think we talked about him last week. Greg Abbott has officially. I mean, we were scared about it last week. Greg Abbott has officially opened up uh, Houston, uh, not Houston, but Texas. Mm-hmm. Um to uh be free of covid regulations and to open 100% and um uh, to lift all mask mandates. Uh this starts Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea of why Houstonians are terrified. Our mayor Sylvester Turner and a couple of people are in conjunction trying to stop some entity from having what they call quote a mask off party on Wednesday, the day the regulations are to be lifted. A mask off party. Is this a Negro function? Absolutely. It's got to be. It's, it has to be. Somewhere in America. Uh, y'all, somewhere in America, future is like, I'm about to clean up over the next six months. And 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 just for him, just for him making the song and plant the idea, fuck him too. Honestly, you know, when I made mask off, I realized I needed to take the mask off and see myself for who I really am. I still miss you. Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> Man, I I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't understand. What the people who are happy about this are thinking? Oh, people are just people are just fatigued. It's it's obvious. He was taking the heat for the for the power grid shit. He needed to change the subject, and he changed the subject. And it, and it's and it's it's a it's a a villainous brilliant move because 
now that whole that whole section of you know I'm oppressed because I have to wear a mask Twitter is going to be mad at businesses who choose to to, to continue yeah so they're not going to be so they're they're like cool yeah we're not worried about the electricity shit anymore um, now we can be mad at the small businesses who are like nah I still want to keep my people safe because we don't want y'all nasty asses coming in here with that bullshit and let me also tell you. If you're not worried about that electricity shit anymore, you should be. Because more and more, every week it seems like we find out that Snowmageddon shit either was or could have been way worse than it was. I saw someone posted a meme that said, is the state of Texas, <laughs> does the state of Texas have enough power to support 100% of businesses reopening? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure with you. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of y'all nasty motherfuckers, um, you know, are, are about to make life more difficult for people who are just like, I don't give a fuck about y'all. I want to keep my people safe. Yeah, y'all can go be nasty wherever the fuck. I'm sorry. One last point, and what a lot of people don't realize is that when y'all are out here being nasty and not giving a fuck, right? Y'all ain't doing that shit at home. Y'all are going to other people's places. Y'all are going to other people's house to be nasty. Yeah. So, like, if y'all gonna have, if y'all gonna do some shit, invite forty or fifty people to your crib and cram them all in there, and y'all can breathe on each other all you want. Have that same energy. We eat the population out. Yeah. Natural selection is about to take its course. Let me just say that. Um. Yeah. Send your send your racist stories, your racist real life encounters, along with your listener letters, questions for myself, D. Randall, or any guest. Of this podcast, please send them to opinionswhileblack at gmail.com or visit the new and improved opinionswhileblack.com, which features all the ways to get in touch with us, all the ways to listen to this program, and more information about uh, your two favorite hosts from Houston's Most Savage Podcast. Yes. We'll be back with the top with the top three STFUs. You are listening to Houston's most savage podcast. And when I say most savage, I mean most savage podcast. Pour up. If you want to challenge us, please feel free. Pour up. And we are back. We are black. We are opinion, and I'm clearly drinking straight from this bottle. Hey, getting a little glassy over there. A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. Um, let me just say, um, no, I'm not taking it back. I issued, the, I, I put the challenge out there. Mm. I, I will, I will defend the title of Houston's most savage podcast, mm. only because I don't think anybody's actually going to step up and say, "Oh yeah." I can be more savage than you. I oh, we're definitely more savage than you. We can all get canceled together. Mind you, there's a lot that we that we hold back. This is true. <laughs> this is true. This is this is a, I can I can honestly say there's shit that we don't do much editing at all. Yeah. But there's shit that gets talked about in the pre-meeting. Yeah. Does not necessarily make it on the podcast. Cannot. Um I I wouldn't even put it on Patreon. No. Um with all that said, it is time for the top three STFUs. 
Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Shut up! Also, shout out to y'all for not having any letters this week. Yeah, man. Where's David Santiago? <laughs> His bullshit. <laughs> Tales to enrage. Where you at? No, oh, man. Uh, yeah, give the people a week off. It's cool. Ain't uh, no weeks off. Ain't no. We don't take weeks off. <laughs> Shit. We don't take no weeks off. Uh, no, that's cool though. <laughs> um, runner up this week. Uh, the runner up for this week to shut the fuck up is anybody who is obsessed with Lola Bunny, <laughs> the cartoon her, character, the cartoon character, and her titties. So Space Jam Two is coming. I don't know what they're calling it. Space Two Space Two Jam or whatever. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Is it written by Kenya Barris? <laughs> <laughs> Spaces. Oh, man. Jamish. Jamish. <laughs> if it's about rich black people, it's always possible. And LeBron James is in it. So. Oh. With his CG hairline. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, they put out some... They put out some screen caps, some screenshots for uh, behind the scenes and for, uh, you know, upcoming promo uh, for Space Jam 2. And we got to a look at Lola Bunny, uh, Bugs' girlfriend or whatever. And some niggas had the nerve to be mad that Lola Bunny's titties were smaller or something or that she was drawn less. Like they, a shapely grown woman. So they desexualized her. They desexualized her. That's exactly what they did. She's a cartoon rabbit. Okay. Correct. And they're mad. And there are people who are mad about a cartoon bunny not being sexy. <laughs> That's happening in 2021 <laughs> with grown men. So y'all sitting over here beating off to a cartoon rabbit. I didn't want to be the one to say it. Here y'all go. That's what's happening. So that tells me that y'all been watching Space Jam voluntarily all these years for all the wrong reasons. Give Space Jam a whole different meaning right now. As a matter of fact, that makes me twice as worried because y'all more because I can't believe that there are more people worried about Lola Bunny's titties than there are people worried about LeBron James acting. To be fair, Michael Jordan was in the first one. Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. I gotta tell you, that generation, for them to have all that charisma on the court, that generation of ballplayers just had no charisma on camera. Oh my God. Larry Johnson was in that bitch. Charles Barkley. Patrick Ewan transformed into something. Oh man. It was bad. It was bad. It was a a weird time. I just wanted the kicks. That's all I cared about. I don't feel that much better for this generation. Because you know Shaq gonna find a way to... Squeeze his ass in there and no, sell Shaq some Daddy. ballpark franks. Shaq Daddy gonna be in there. Yeah. Now, sell, now, sell now he's selling insurance. printers. Now he's selling eco-free, eco-friendly printers. Oh, he'll sell anything. Back pain, knee pain, <laughs> air, water. <laughs> Man, and so y'all, if y'all worried about Lola Bunny's titties and y'all not worried about the level of terrible acting that's gonna be in this movie, I need y'all to promptly shut the fuck up. Shut up. Which brings us to our uh, main three. Number three is Lil Nas X. What? Lil Nas X is out here. Now, I know there have been some outlets that have committed him 
for clapping back on in his little ongoing back and forth with Takashi Six Nine. Mm. I'm not one of them. Um, like I said, I don't I don't like talking about him, and I I think we're gonna and I think as we move forward, we're gonna be talking about him less. But I'm going after the rappers that keep taking the fucking bait, and they keep entertaining him and they keep going and they keep letting this shit happen stop taking the bait stop it because if y'all stop taking the bait and stop talking to him the media outlets will stop talking about him right and little now i know little little nas x is a it's a slightly different entity because social media and this kind of thing is where he flourishes and where he flourished to get where he is mm-hmm. having said that you're in a new bracket now, and we're holding you to a higher standard. Stop taking that fucking bait. Yes, what Takashi said was hella homophobic. I don't even want to revisit the whole thing. Hella homophobic. But you don't have to show up to every fight you're invited to. And for this, and if it was a different rapper or a different entity, I would understand. But this is low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So... I say this with love that Lil Nas X needs to shut the fuck up. And he's usually so clever about his clapbacks. There are just certain things. There are just certain people that you just don't have to address at all. I would say it was, a, and it was even a nice clapback. But some of the wind is taken out of sails when it's low hanging fruit like this. Yeah, don't talk to Vlad. Don't. And stop talking to Vlad. And don't talk to Takashi Six Nine. Shut I just, up! I just saw her too short was talking to Vlad. Okay. Too short, I know better. Too short, better be ready for the IRS audit. <laughs> it's coming. Um, number two is uh someone we've missed on the on the on the list for a, a while now. Mister Jermaine Shoemaker, aka Umar Johnson. Doctor Umar Johnson. Umar Johnson is back, y'all. Oh man, talking that bullshit. It's been too, it's been way too long. Welcome back to the welcome back to the shut the fuck up elites, Doctor Umar. <laughs> Doctor Umar has been railing. So uh, it was announced that Winston Duke, uh, aka Umbaku, from Black Panther, uh, Winston Duke is going to be playing Marcus Garvey. Yeah. Um, the good doctor was not was nonplussed to say the least. Yeah. About this and on. On his uh, Instagram, he has a little message to Winston Duke yeah. uh, with a picture of his wife. Yeah. Who, you know, she may not be black. I don't think she is. Uh, no. She's something. No, she's not. Um, but but Dr. Mr. Johnson of the esteemed school of um, that doesn't exist. <laughs> you mean Hotep Hogwarts? Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be excellent in the role of the most honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. I fully support it. However, the preeminent prophet and king of revolutionary Pan-Africanism, Pan-African nationalism, did not approve of interracial dating, and neither do I. If this is your queen, then you should respectfully turn down the role, brother. Um. Stop telling people to turn that to turn down bags. Stop Shut it. Shut up. 
especially when you swindling your bag every PayPal update for for all it's worth. Get the fuck out of my face. And as we are scrolling, looking through this man's Instagram, all I can say is what the fuck. They take, oh, this boy is This a, man gives me a headache. I'm he sorry, is a y'all. living meme. Like who is that he's dapped up with? I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Look at all these postponed shows, these postponed appearances he's supposed to have made. <laughs> that means canceled, sir. That means canceled. They ran your ass out of town. Oh, man. And, and, and let me tell you, it's weird that he's a basketball aficionado. Yeah, I, I see all these little basketball posts on here. Like, they don't fuck with you like that, player. Isn't that, isn't that some shit Hoteps hate? The million dollar slave trade and shit. Oh man, does he have life coach and parent consultation services? Oh shit, I feel like I need to sign up for it. I do. I think I I think we need to sign up for it just for research purposes. Wow, that will go on the Patreon. Well, he definitely has his PayPal link up there. Yes, he does. Mm. And then and then what's worse is y'all y'all took the bait recently. Y'all so he got on social media. He was mad that Daniel Kalua. Was playing Chairman Fred, and because he has a problem with non African Americans uh, playing African American roles, even though even though the roles were not, even though the energy was not kept, and nobody nobody seems to care that Africans get played by American people all the time, right? Um, and start this whole argument about whether or not this, Johnson. I'm sorry, go ahead. And start this whole argument about whether or not they should be allowed to play people on a different continent and and how and the, who, who gonna stop him? Just breaking up the diaspora. He doesn't realize that nobody gives a fuck about what he thinks. And the other thing he doesn't understand in that conversation is that most of that is a result of white casting. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, there are, of course there are black filmmakers in in, in all uh, levels of production. But for the most part, a lot of that is white casting. So we have to stop acting like it. We have to stop arguing about the symptoms, and we have to start arguing about the the heart of the things. And I don't think we do that enough, and we don't do that enough because Umar Johnson over here doesn't have the range for that shit. He just has the range to get y'all cranked up about some bullshit. He doesn't have the range to move out of his mother's basement. <laughs> I've noticed he records all his shit lately from like, you know, his Uber driver's car while he he, he gives him ten dollars to go take a smoke. I'm telling you, man, Umar got to get the fuck out of here. We, Umar got to be stopped. Shut the shut, fuck shut, up. Shut, 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 shut up. Um, and the number one person who should shut the fuck up, ladies and gentlemen, I give you DJ Academics. <laughs> Man, Ack is the worst. Let me just tell you. He was so he was being interviewed on Van on Van Lathan's podcast, Higher Learning, uh, with him and Rachel Lindsay. That's unfortunate, Van. That is unfortunate. But that but you know what? I don't blame it. That's what that's what Van does. The people that the people that get folks stirred up that most people don't want to talk to, he brings them on to talk to them. Because he's a reasonable human being. He's better than that though. Man. Way better. Way better. Uh, I love this podcast because I get to turn down interviews because I don't want to talk to you people. 
There's been a couple where it's just clear they don't listen to us. Mm. I, I've gotten a couple offers. I don't show them to people all the time, but it's clear they don't listen to us. And it's clear they don't really know what we do or else they wouldn't ask to be on here. Or they're trying to, you know, it's always it's always some comedian trying to promote some shit. It's always some comedian, and if you go on YouTube, they got 17 views, and they're trying to promote some shit, you don't want to come here. This is probably not the place to promote any type of comedic effort. Not at all. Um... We're, we're barely funny ourselves. I was gonna say you're gonna get you're gonna fuck around and get one wrong joke off and it's gonna be over for you. Yeah. We still gonna be here. We got the password. They can't you know cancel us. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh DJ Academics was on Van's podcast getting his shit off about defending his defending why he believes Megan Thee Stallion is overrated and is be is just a media darling that is protected by the by the media. And is just being protected by her label. She has labeled inside label people that have protected her good name and shit. Um, and that Megan Thee Stallion cannot hold a candle to Nicki Minaj because she's not come out with anything that comes close to Pink Friday. Sh- shut the fuck up. First of all, you know what? Go ahead, Randall. No, I, no, you go ahead. My my answer to that is, and so what. So what if who who gives a shit if, if Megan isn't as good as Nicki Minaj? Why the fuck does that even matter? Who's who's even comparing one to the other? Why are we still pitting women against each other? Right, like like his his own his only point in saying that was to do is to do a takedown of Megan. One hundred percent. That's it. Because no one no one asked for the comparison. She's successful in whatever she's doing. Cool. Let her cook. She ain't out there fucking with people. She's not out there shooting people in the feet. She's not out there being homophobic. Um, she's not out there like Nicki Minaj does, you know, antagonizing a ton of people. She's out there doing what she does. And if and if you feel like she's not as talented as someone else, who gives a shit? It's true. It's, it's not true. gonna change anything. It's true. And you don't you don't he doesn't have the range to direct the needle like that. Right. He just has the range to get people Stirred up over some shit. He's not as good of a podcaster as Joe Budden. Not so. Remotely. Why the fuck? Why the fuck is he? Is he still? Why the fuck is he still a voice? And we know he's not as good a podcaster as Joe Budden. So what? Yeah. So why are you still talking? Not only, not only that. That's why your show's canceled. That's why everyday struggle is over. Mm. Because it couldn't survive without Joe Budden, mm. and you and the Desco were left to. Well, never mind. Um. And just saying a lot of goofy shit about how Megan and Cardi B, Cardi B should be out of, oh, Cardi B should be out of here because, uh, you know, she was, she was quoted as not writing all her own lyrics. This would almost be valid, a hip hop discussion, if this weren't coming from someone who is perpetually on Drake's nuts. Hmm. And we got reference tracks on this nigga. Yep. So what the fuck are you talking about? Got reference tracks on Lil Kim, right? And all the people, and all the people that you are hailing as greats, got reference tracks. Yep. They and got people that wrote for him and wrote for him. Safari wrote for Nicki. Hmm. Let's keep that honest. Wrote better for her than he did for himself. To date, to date, <laughs> to this day. He has not. He has not written a single digestible hit for himself. 
shows you where his mind is at. All side notes, Safari got to shut the fuck up too, actually. Safari been fighting with, he been, he, he back to fighting with his wife on social media again. Swear he wanted a divorce. Y'all, people who, leave us out of that. I don't know why people have public discussions. And what's yeah. fucked up is he'll go to social media and be like, man, I hate this shit. I want out. And Erica will follow him to social media and go, fuck it, get out then. And this is just their back and forth for a week. That's what happens when people don't have friends. This is true. Who would want to be friends with Safari? He has two hairlines. One of them is I'm just saying. This nigga got more furs than he got shirts. I'm just saying. Uh, all that to say, DJ Academics is coming to represent the absolute worst of everything we hate about terrestrial radio and every reason mm-hmm. that terrestrial radio is washed. Yeah. And because he's and because he's admitted in the same interview that his mentoring comes from all the people that we fucking hate about terrestrial radio and that a lot of his mentorship comes from quote shock jocks mm. like Charlemagne mm. another person who needs to be the fuck out of here mm. um he's just and he's taking everything bad about terrestrial radio and every reason people have divested from terrestrial radio and bringing that to podcasting um as far as i'm concerned dj academics is a shit stain on the underwear of podcasting, and he needs to shut the fuck up desperately. Go the fuck away. Go away. I really want the end of everyday struggle to be the end of uh, DJ Academics. He's a joke. What is it going to take for him to finally get the fuck out of here? He's a joke. He's not even like a good joke. Like He's like a Gerard Carmichael joke. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like he's a just hilarious joke. Damn, that's how bad it is. Said he's a Carlos Miller joke. He's a he's a Dane Cook joke. Damn. No, no, nobody's that bad. Damn, he might be. D. Randall, did we do a podcast? We did a damn podcast. We did a fucking podcast, y'all. Um, that is 128 podcasts in the can. Good grief! I'm proud of myself. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm proud of the level of consistency. That's the way twenty one, the way twenty one has started out, I can just speak for myself. The way twenty one has started out for the boy, I can say I am proud of the level of consistency. Yep. Um, and just saying, they're starting. They they trying to start hurricane season like a month early. <laughs> <laughs> so going forward, I'm proud of what I aim to do going forward. Yeah. Um. I can say that I've been inspired by just looking at the numbers. And it's one of those things where we don't really have we don't really have a huge comment section. But I'm always I'm always saying I would rather have active, consistent listenership than just have people cutting up in the comments. Yeah. Um as long as you're listening, that's fine. I do I do encourage people to engage because that's how buzz is generated. And that's how other people who don't know us get interested. Mm-hmm. And when they come across us in the sea of podcasts, they could be listening to. Yeah. But I love that we have just a civil, cool audience like y'all that's savvy, that 
talks about us, that is apparently telling people, it is apparently uh, doing the first, the uh, breaking the first rule of Fight Club. Yep. Um, I love you guys. Um, this is this is a ride, and I'm all I know I'm always saying this, but I I mean it honest to God. Um, this is only the beginning, and I I I see it in my head. I see the future of this podcast, and the only way to show it to y'all is to give it to y'all. Mm. And so, the work has not stopped. The work is constant, and uh, I have things coming. I'll say that. Yeah, and it's you know something has to be going right. Um, you know we don't we don't talk about numbers or really at all yeah but one thing that we can say is that very organically over the last year that the the core audience for this show has almost tripled which is very good which is again a testament to everyone who supports this podcast and, and who puts up with our drunken tirades for just two- the floor <laughs> yeah the minimum amount of people listening to this podcast it's almost on tripled. average in a month has tripled and that's incredible yeah that's that is that is unreal, and I am super proud of that. And um, like I like I like I said before, it's only the beginning, and you're gonna see the fruits of that uh, going forward as we build this community. Yeah. Um. So thank you. Uh. Please don't stop doing the work because independent black content needs savvy, engaged audiences like yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please, everyone, keep doing what you're doing. Um, shout outs to, oh yeah, yeah, we had a good discussion. Shout out to Black Alert Podcast, um, niggas in Star Trek, basically. <laughs> niggas in Star Trek, they've got me interested. I want to come on and talk some shit. Um, uh, as always, Play-Doh Games is always very supportive of the boy. Um, there are a few people. One of these days, I'm just gonna do. We're gonna do like a shout out list or something. Um, but um, just for those examples, um, there are people that are always ever so supportive of the boy. Uh, Last library on the left. Um, thank you guys. Thank you guys for your ongoing support. Uh, we will be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. Until then, this has been episode 128. Yep. Of Opinions Wild Black Podcast. I have been Oz. D. Randall is who I be. And as always, in parting, titties. But not lullabies. Real grown-up titties. Grown-up, there's too many grown there's too much Instagram for that shit. Yeah. Grown-up titties, y'all. Let me tell you something. And this tells me, this tells me exactly who I'm dealing with. And y'all can't act like it ain't out there. Because I, I was a part of that generation that grew up on Space Jam. And I know for a fact y'all were up at 5.30 in the morning watching Sailor Moon for all the wrong reasons. Wow. Looking for the little panty shots. The, the, little, the little ass shots and shit. Oh, man. Fuck y'all. Y'all crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of Instagram for y'all to be worried about cartoon titties. Cartoon titties, man. Get it together, y'all. Yeah, like... I don't understand how there's the existence of like Ari Lennox, of Jordan Woods, and y'all over here worried about a Lola Bunny. Y'all wild. Y'all wild. I don't know. Man, we need outside need to open because y'all getting frustrated. <laughs> y'all getting frustrated than a motherfucker. Bye.